review, y'all. Jump. The rest of the film. Jump. With my boy, John Hastings. John Hastings open his bitch. And that new Dylan got broke. Dylan got. So what you got? You know what it is. Come on. For fuck's sakes, Jesus fucking Christ, how many times do we have to fucking do the Terry fucking Gordy episode? Hello, everybody. My name is John Bam Bam yeah. Hastings. That's Dylan P.S. Hayes. Bam Bam Hastings. The P.S. in Dylan's case stands for <laughs> please yeah. sleep and stop bothering people with your words. <laughs> fucking suck it. That's what it means. It means fucking suck it. Um, when I do this podcast, usually my throat hurts afterwards, so I'm doing this thing where I'm just putting the mic volume up. And whispering, so this is going to be the creepiest one ever, even when we talk about Jerry Lawler's exploits. Oh, yeah, and they're they definitely going to be involved because we're talking about a man who started wrestling at 14. Ladies and gentlemen, this week we're talking about the first of our fabulous Freebird saga. It's Terry Bam Bam Gordy. Dylan? Usually one year doesn't mean much, but he did start wrestling at 13. Oh, is it? Th- Which is thirteen? Oh, it's, so creepy. It's even fucking scary. Yeah, he started wrestling. That means someone at his twelve at his birthday was like, "He's not twelve anymore. Make him fight the missing link." Yeah, here's the thing you know <laughs> about creepy. Terry Gordy is that his dad at thirteen, between homophobic slurs, was just, "You got a job yet? Fuck. You got a job yet? Fuck." And it was like, "I'm a wrestler. There's- I'm a wrestler now, Dad." Yeah. Yes, uh, f- fuck daddy. Fuck you. F- fuck me. <laughs> we don't know anything about Terry Gordy's father because obviously his wife, uh, his widow, seems lovely. Uh, all the stuff I've heard about her. She seems like a very nice woman. And Terry Gordy seems just like a nice man with a drug problem. Yeah, he was a nice man with a drug problem um, who had the unfortunate fucking luck of meeting Archie the Stomper Goldie when he was about 12. And the Mongolian stomper was just like, well, you know, I probably should respect the laws of not um, uh, teaching children how to do something dangerous around drug addicts. But here's what you don't know about me. I'm friends with Stu Hart, and I believe in violence. So uh, he was... If he was friends with Stu Hart, yeah. That's probably... This is probably Stu Hart's dream, was just get Owen in the ring. Get him in the ring, he's five. Hey, go, Archie. Who's <laughs> that little boy you're with? I bet I give him great. I want to do the old hurting suck. <laughs> hey, Archie. Uh, <laughs> you want to eat some butter? Good to see you. Um, Archie Goldie, by the way, famously, um, was called the Mongolian Stomper, was a... Um, uh, absolute legacy act in Smoky Mountain Wrestling, uh, not Smoky Mountain, uh, Stampede Wrestling, pardon me, and uh, Bret Hart said he was the only man he was ever scared of, which really shows that Bret Hart doesn't know what fear is. Yeah, I mean, the Mongolian Starpin seems like a guy where he's like, yeah, the cops tried to arrest me for loitering, but I had to get my heat back, so I stabbed them. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just so far into the carny language that he's like... His wife yells at him for not doing the dishes. He's like, oh, I got to get my heat back. I better gas the kids. Yeah, no, yeah. I, uh, my wife's fucking, she sells fucking pregnancy well. Oh, she was just actually pregnant and gave birth. That's kayfabe. Fuck you. <laughs> okay, in this family, pregnancy lasts two years. I'm getting my heat back. I got to get my fucking heat back. Yeah, hello? Uh, uh, oh, fuck, I can't think of a heating company. God damn it. <laughs> Enbridge? Uh, I was going to go, hello, Enbridge? Yeah, it's cold in here. I want to get my heat back. Hey, uh, so at the end, I just die? No. I get out of the grave, and I put you in the coffin, and then uh, you just act like I'm alive for another two extra days so I can get my heat back. Yeah, all right. No, the thing with death, though, is you got to make sure someone bring a block of wood and knock on the top of it, so at my funeral, I, I keep my heat. I got to get my heat <laughs> <laughs> Someone fucking light my fucking casket on fire so I keep my fucking heat. Tell fucking Terry I'm coming up to heaven and I'm gonna fuck him. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's why every wrestler gets cremated so they can keep their heat. So anyway, we're gonna I'm, stop this I'm, podcast. What I'm trying to say is Terry Gordy was uh, two years younger than my friend's cat when he became a professional wrestler. For those of you unclear, that's very very funny. If you ever see. 13 year olds 
that was Terry Gordy around the worst men in the yeah, world. Is, that was Terry Gordy in 1975 wrestling. So in the time of wrestling, which nobody talks about. Yeah, the time in wrestling where they... Ju- it's, it's such a weird because the 60s, there was... You're just getting out of the... This is... Uh, we're going to ju- jump off the ropes and people have cool finishing moves in the 70s. And you're also jumping into the 70s is also the time when it's like, they paid me in cocaine, so I sold the cocaine to my tag partner. He's dead, and I got his payday. Everything's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing you got to know about consent is it only gets invented in 1982 when it comes to wrestlers. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Christ. Yeah, that was, by the way, Bill Watts's. that was on Bill Watts's checks until 1983. If you were paid, really? Yeah. If you, Mem- if you, do you have a memo on the check? This is not consensual. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every memo that Bill Watts put on a check, it just said "your fault." Dot, dot, dot. Women are bad. Dot, dot, dot. JYD for life. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know where he uh, starts wrestling at fifteen, Terry Gordy? Florida. Uh, Memphis. Is it Memphis? Because uh, there's. A- the research is very. He's wrestling in Memphis when he gets discovered um, by. Um, that's when him and Cornette meet, at least, when he's 15. I should explain. Jim Cornette met Terry Gordy at 15. They're both exactly the same age. Uh, Jim Cornette was taking pictures because he got some little money for his paper route. And that's why Jim Cornette, although angry at everything, is still alive today. And Terry Gordy was in the ring being punched in the face by whatever national wrestling champion he was fighting that night. And that's why he is dead. Here's the craziest thing about fucking Jim Cornette is who knew that eating pizza every night after watching men do something athletic would lead you to have a longer life. (laughs) No, Jim Cornette will never die because he's just such a nerd. That guy requested extra mayonnaise. I've never heard of anything so insane in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Extra mayonnaise on that burger, please. That's terrifying. He's a terrifying man. Do you think he has diabetes, but he's just so angry he doesn't realize it? Uh, I bet you he's actually one of those guys that's just weirdly healthy and will be fine. I mean, he's just a dumpy boy, isn't he? He's, just a- he's also southern, so he's from the part of the United States where it's like, I had a salad, by which I mean potatoes, mayonnaise, that's it, a salad. I just remember someone describing like, oh, I eat mostly fish and and vegetables, and it was fish and chips. (laughs) That's good stuff. (laughs) Yeah, man, just chicken and vegetables. Uh, I go to Popeye's and get fries. Yeah, 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 just chicken and vegetables. Potatoes are a vegetable. Yeah, potatoes are a vegetable, and I make my dick hard. (laughs) All right, so yeah, he wrestles in Memphis. YOLO. uh, Memphis in the 70s, by the way, is when Jerry Lawler was coming into prominence. So he was, of course, overlooked by Jerry Lawler for being what's called his friends are too old to help me out. Um, But unfortunately for him, he... uh, Jerry Lawler heard there was a 15-year-old coming into the territory, and he was very excited. Oh, my God. He was the most happiest boy in the entire world and then very upset. Although Bill Dundee apparently loved the uh, Freebirds. Um, he then was sent as part of a talent exchange to Mid-South and worked for Bill Watts. Bill Watts put him and Michael Hayes together. Michael Hayes claimed they went to high school together or knew each other as kids, but we don't know anything about Terry Gordy, so Terry Gordy claims... That's so funny. That's so funny. Yeah. like We knew each other as kids, by which I mean <laughs> I hung out with 11-year-olds when I was 20. Like... <laughs> Michael Hayes is such a fucking weirdo. He's like, yeah, no, I knew him since we were kids. Even though, looking at it, um, he grew up in, like, by the way, Michael Hayes claims to be from, like, Florida. He's from Washington, D.C. Like, What he's, a weird man. And he claims to be from Florida, Georgia. He's just one of those fucking, it's everyone who started wrestling in this time is just such a carny piece of shit where it's like, Michael Hayes is literally wearing a cowboy hat and cowboy boots in every fucking thing you see him. And he's from fucking the home of the federal government, the great enemy of Dixie. And he, no, 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 no. I'm a fucking... Uh, oh, that was an Australian accent. I don't know where the fuck that came from. Yeah, there you go. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, that's what he sounds like. All right, I'm from Washington. My name's Michael. There you go. Oh, for, I'm Michael Hayes. Da- I'm from somewhere this accent's from. Good day, everyone. I'm from Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> oh. 
He could have moved as a ki- he could have moved as a kid to be fair. No, I don't. My, there's he could have moved when he was three, but there's, there's no nothing. information about him either because he was what happened when someone pissed on a crack pipe and then Michael Hayes was born. Yeah, Michael Hayes' dad was a crack. He pipe. just came out being like, "Ah, Michael, purely sexy oh, Hayes. Wrong. No, Good. does anyone have a garbage can I can shit in?" Good to see you, Stephanie. I just want to let you know I'm gonna fuck all the neighbors. <laughs> my name's Michael P. But- Hayes. I'm from Melbourne. I'm from the Melbourne section of Florida. <laughs> Street. The accents are usually bad, but today is especially oh, bad. This is I'm good. I'm really enjoying it. Um, the, the Freebirds, by the way, <laughs> Freebirds are the blueprint for the modern faction. Everyone says uh, it's the Four Horsemen. The Four Horsemen only became the blueprint when evolution happened. Before that, it was the Freebirds, which is you had the guy who talked, the guy who wrestled, and the intimidating guy. And the Freebirds were put together. Yeah, put the together. Uh, NWO original uh, version with uh, just Hogan, Nash, and Hall was totally modeled after the Freebirds. And this is by Scott Hall himself. He's like, so, he said he was such a Freebird mark, and that's why the NWO always came to every single match. Like when it was, even when it was just him, Waltman. Hogan and Nash. It was like someone would come down from every single match, and that's what the Wolfpack. Moreover, that's when, when they had a chance to end the NWO and just change it into its old thing. That was the model they went after. Was six, Ho- Hall and Nash being uh, the Freebirds. Were it, it just like it, it's kind of like a different spin where it's basically like you have two talkers and then one guy who's the worker. Well, you had two talkers and two workers and a heavy, so yeah, the, I mean, you just had it in a different the, way than the Freebirds did. The difference did. is, is that you, if you add in Scott Hall and Six Pac, you have two workers and also two heavy drug addicts. Oh, not three? No, Kevin Nash, I guarantee, was just like he had like three wines and one pill, and was like, "That's enough for me." And then Scott Hall was like, "All right, bro, that means you're bad, though, because I got all the pills in my body. I can take a plane." Ha ha! Hey, shit. No, I mean like three is in the Freebirds. We're all just pill addicts. Oh, I didn't think Buddy Roberts was that bad. I just thought he smoked so. He was one of those guys that smoked way too many cigarettes. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, and then he's like the kind of the same as Nash, where Nash would like do a soma and smoke a joint and have some wine. Kevin Nash would basically attempt suicide every night, but that's just how he partied. (laughs) 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 That's how wrestlers party is just attempting suicide every night. Like what every office worker would think is an attempt at suicide is what just a wrestler does on a Tuesday. Um. Buddy Roberts. Uh, just Buddy Roberts. I gotta drive tomorrow. I'm only having six somas and two bottles of rum. Guaranteed, red. Buddy Roberts parted harder than Kevin Nash. He died of pneumonia at 65. There is no way that guy didn't do something fucked up for about 10 years. I think that's the way too many cigarettes thing, though. I think just like pneumonia came in when his immune system was just nicotine. Yeah, I. I, I don't know. I, I tell you this, Mr. Roberts, your blood's not moving. Good. More fucking time to sit. Fuck you. Your arteries are hardening. Good. Yeah, my back. <laughs> Maybe you can cut them and I can get some of my smokes back and <laughs> smoke, smoke my arteries. Smoke my blood, 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 blood. Here's my impression of all Terry right. Gordy starting professional wrestling. Why is that man splitting up all those cigarettes and rolling one big cigarette? That's your boss, Bill Watts, Mr. Gordy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you've ever wondered uh, why there's all those signs around New Orleans that just say, you're not welcome here, that's... Uh, so Bill Watts can jack off while driving. <laughs> I believe it. I just think that uh, you shouldn't start wrestling at 13 anyway. That's all That's all I have to say. But anyway, Bill Watts, did we talk about this or is this one of the other versions of this one we tried to record where we talk about how Bill Watts... No, this we haven't talked about it yet. So Bill Watts basically puts the Freebirds together because Michael Hayes, although he claimed that he knew Terry Gordy from the day Terry Gordy was born, clearly a lie. Clearly a lie in the same way that he says things like, I'm good at my job, or I'm not trying to fuck all the divas with my weird old man penis. Um, Hey, man, the fact that he went out with Rosa Mendez is insane. I guarantee she doesn't know that happened. That's very funny. It's like, I have a girlfriend. She's in Quebec, (laughs) if you're in Canada. I have a girlfriend. You'll never meet her, though. She's in Slough. That's what they would use in the... Oh, that's good. Um, Disgusting. Yeah, it's French. Now, uh, Terry, uh, so Terry Gordy uh, is a really good wrestler, and Michael Hayes is pretty much the worst wrestler of that time period, but Bill Watts needs someone to talk for Terry Gordy because Terry Gordy sounds like his 
His tongue's so thick it's trying to escape. I want to know why I'm Ah, Michael, I just want to go. gotta go. <laughs> yeah, Terry Gordy just sounds like he's beating up words. I don't somehow. like Chris Waterhurst, but that's just because he fucking moved my spoon when it was coleslaw Tuesday and I like my slaw. <laughs> he really moved he's my a- bowels. He's a crazy example of a guy who, because he dropped out of high school, obviously, at like 13. So we dropped, sorry, not even high school. He dropped out of fucking school at 13. I don't go to high school, Dylan. I'm fucking bad, bad. Last day I went to school, they relaxed all for X. I was like, Malcolm X, the people aren't welcome in our town. It's a sundowner. Get out of go. Bill D wants to pay me at Yaga Booster, and I'm going to take it if you ever done Quaaludes. I guarantee here's something he did. He went, uh, you gotta pay me in cash because I can't read numbers. <laughs> I don't you respect the bank that's a building. The bank there Gordy locks are just fucking guys named Terry Gordy. <laughs> Did you know this? Did you know by the time the Freebirds had started that Terry Gordy was already a father? He was a father at 17. I don't want to let you know, but I was a virgin till 19. Ha ha ha! <laughs> I lost my virginity at 13 to Jerry Lawler, and then again at 14 to Jimmy Valiant. Um, was it Ray Gordy that he gave birth to? Ray, yeah, Terry Gordy gave birth to Ray Gordy. <laughs> we got a great stipulation that you give birth to your son. Sounds Ray good. Ray Gordy, if you don't know, is a retired uh, professional wrestler who wrestled both as Jesse and Slam Master J on the SmackDown yeah. brand. Ooh, he was with Festus. If you remember that time period. I do remember that time period, and goodness. They were an okay team, but you always assume that Festus, who we now know as Luke Gallows, was Terry Gordy's son, but it was actually the little guy. Yeah, no, we all thought, yeah, Luke Gallows, yeah, no, way of the world. I was like, oh, that guy's big like Terry Gordy. Oh, no, it's the little guy that's his son. Yeah, yeah, no, he took after his mom and also... um, he kept fucking screaming at his kid to grow up more, and the molecules got sco- so scared half of them died. Why don't you grow more? Any man who's under five foot eleven is a woman, technically. Yeah. <laughs> I think that he. Uh, it's interesting to want to follow in the footsteps of what uh, led to your father's demise. I don't. We don't know if Ray Gordy did crack. Um, so it basically, um, the Freebirds' f- real prominent run is in World Class Championship Wrestling. This is one of the best ways you, I've ever seen. Of, this is probably not the best. This is again one of the main ways they've always brought in heel factions is because of this, which is you bring in Michael Hayes. He becomes friends with the Von Erichs. They and he goes, "Oh, we need more backup because Ric Flair's coming in. Ric Flair's sneaky." I have a friend named Terry Gordy. He's going to come in. Uh, they come in together during a cage match between Kerry and Rick. Kerry is about to beat Rick. He keeps sneaking out at him. Uh, Michael says he's just going to cheat. Kerry says no. Um, Rick accidentally shoves Michael Hayes. Michael Hayes falls against the cage. Um, and then Terry Gordy slams the cage door in Kerry's face. And brick flair wins the title and it is such it's one of the very few nwa title matches that is fun to watch that isn't rick flair ricky the dragon steamboat i love rick flair but a lot of his matches are just like 20 minutes of fun rest hold for 10 10 minutes of yawn 20 minutes of fun oh time limit draw yeah and this is also a very good example of them using the nwa title as an ancillary thing to further their own story in the territory and there's actual character development within the why match. Why the fuck did the territories always do this? It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. In my, like, why wouldn't you use that prop as a way to build your territory? No, 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 no. We do it a different way. Yeah, the only reason he didn't win is because Kerry Von Erich is too good a fucking person to pin Ric Flair. And Ric Flair just ends up winning. And also, kind of, he is an agent of chaos because he fucks up this entire territory. You know? Yeah. Because he comes in and just ruins and 
turns the entire territory fucking and upside down. Big, but, and then and you get, weirdly, the way, you get a fucking um, face turn by the uh, Freebird, or sorry, a heel turn by the Freebirds. It's, I think that's not looked at. I think it's like there was always tension, but it's like, no, Michael Hayes came in as a g- the friends of the yeah, Von Erichs and then fucking turned face. on him. And that's and that this is what it made it even better was the fact that he did turn on it. Like, it's so fucking good. All of the, um, and Michael Hayes, by the way, just wearing jeans and no shirt, and that's how he dresses as a referee. What a fucking scumbag. Um, He's a rebel, baby. You forgot to mention before this the Freebirds in Bill Watts territory and how hot they got because Michael Hayes, uh, they blind the junkyard dog and then your favorite story. They got shot. It's the best thing in the entire world, which is uh, they they blind the... Say they're it. in the junkyard dog. They're in the Superdome. They're about, no, they're setting up to go to the Superdome. They're about to attack him. A fan jumps the guardrail, pulls out a 357 Magnum and says, don't worry, dog, I got him. And then is going to fucking shoot the Freebirds Birds with a gun. And the cops get to him, but junkyard dog basically had to make a decision of... He gladly he didn't have to make it, which was uh, either reveal he's not blind and attack the guy with the gun... Or just let the free birds die, I, and you're understanding. Going well, just just reveal you're not actually blind. Bill Watts would have just stabbed him. I, gar- and cut I guarantee up. JYD <laughs> didn't even think about saving the free birds. He was just probably like, "Well, that's for calling me blue gum every fucking day, Michael." <laughs> <laughs> yep. It says a lot. It says it's a nice thing that uh, the no guys with the Confederate way. flags all over their body wear the heels. Though. I guarantee that uh, if Terry Gordy was still alive, he would be a he would be alt right to the magnitude of ten. Like he would have been at the Unite the Right rally, and when that fucking maniac drove a fucking car into the crowd, Terry Gordy would have walked through and been like, "That's what you get for messing with the South. Tell the rise again, I die, I Terry Gordy." No, I don't think. Do. Here's why I don't think he might have those opinions, but I think he'd be much like Barry Windham. He'd just be in the woods somewhere, and no one would know anything. Dis- he would have come dis- out of the woods to do a shoot interview for RF Video in 2007 because he would want fifty dollars, and then he would go back into the woods. I disagree entirely because the weird thing about Barry Windham is Barry Windham seems to just have saved all his money, and there's no way Terry Gordy, if he was still alive, would have any money left. Like he would still. Terry Gordy would have still been appearing at Ring of Honor in that weird beginning period where they would just kind of take anyone to bring in some notoriety and had some very awkward interactions with Kevin Steen and Samoa Joe. This is the unfortunate thing is we do not know that much about Terry Gordy, but one thing I do know is that he actually, much like the big boss man, had retired a couple years before he ultimately died of you're too fat. Yeah, you're too fat and also you're too cocaine. You're too cocaine, you're too fat, you're too pills. But he had retired. Like, he stopped wrestling in 1999. Mind you, we're going to have to talk about this after the break because his... We're, so, right now, we're in about, what, 1983? Oh, my God, Terry Gordy. He is... Uh, it's 19... When is this guy born? 1961? So, he's 22 years old. He's got a big dick. He's got his fucking three-year-old son he never sees. Doesn't want to see. His life is looking good, and right now, it's about to drive right into the fucking media. Yeah, because he makes a a couple of big things are going to come up. First thing that happens is he is in Texas in the 80s with the Von Erich. So, he is doing mad cocaine. Uh, Mad cocaine. And they're there for six years. It's the hottest period in WCCW, um, he is there for when David Von Erich dies. He is part of the David Von Erich Memorial Card. Um, eventually, uh, they leave over disputes with the booker Ken Mantell. The Freebirds don't really break up, but they also don't really stay together in like this period in that they leave... Oh, wait, sorry. No, they don't leave in 1988. They leave by 1984. They go to the World Wrestling Federation. They're fired for being drunk and missing too many shows. Terry goes back with Buddy Roberts and Iceman King Parsons and forms the new Freebirds, and they try and do it all over again. It doesn't work because they don't have Michael Hayes talking, and also they do a thing where Fritz fakes a heart attack after now three of his sons have died in the media, and this turns the fucking territory against the rest, like against the Von Erichs, super hardcore, and then Terry leaves and just continues going back and forth to Japan. Yeah. Terry starts in Japan in 1983. They're obviously starting to phase out Bruiser Brody 
and Stan Hansen because they've been in that territory for about five years now. And then luckily for Terry Gordy, uh, this is super sad, but Bruiser Brody fucking gets uh, stabbed in 1987, which means that he's now Stan Hansen's regular tag team partner. And he gets a real big push out of that, unfortunately, but that spot had opened up and he's pretty much in the main event as one of the top gaijin for years he's for 10 whole years this guy is in uh, no 11 years pardon me he's wrestles over 700 matches in all japan and a lot of matches you will remember uh if you're a big japanese fucking dork nerd um against kenta kabashi uh jumbo saruda he wrestled everybody i am a big dork nerd and i remember all of that also the thing i have to talk about is what here's the crazy thing so bruiser brody is dead um he is dead. dead Stan Hansen and him are, I get confused, they're in All Japan with Brody or New Japan with Brody? All Japan. So, all Japan. so the thing is, is that Stan Hansen and Bruiser Brody would go back and forth in this weird thing that for some reason the Japanese never figured out, is they would be like friends backstage and then one of them would be like, I don't like that guy and that would be the reason to go to the other fed and they'd be, it would leak out like, oh, they really hate each other. Then the other guy would go to the other company and back and forth and back and forth, even though Stan Hansen always preferred All Japan Wrestling because Giant Baba was apparently a good man and Antonio Inoki was a real fucking scumbag. Yeah, Antonio Inoki uh, was basically much like, I, f- I don't know who the Western equivalent would be, but Baba booked himself well, but he would lose and Inoki booked himself like Hulk Hogan. Yeah, Inoki booked himself like Hulk Hogan, Triple H. He was Triple H Hulk Hogan. Yeah, yeah Triple Hogan. <laughs> yeah, like... Didn't he try and buy in to win a title at some point? Tried to buy into the NWA just so he could win that title, so he could say he held the title in every like it's fucking insane. Um, after the team with Hanson, he formed. I'm gonna say this: my favorite tag team name ever, the Miracle Violence Connection. I hate that name. I think it's so dumb. <laughs> I, just call it the Violence Connection or something no, like that. It's a, Why is it Miracle Violence? It's a miracle. Connection. They're so violent. They're also known as the super dangerous duo. <laughs> See, it's just like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but if you think Miracle Violence Connection is good, you're dumb. No, it's fucking great. You're probably the, the kind of the guy who goes to, uh, who was that IHL team? Uh, the, the Sound Tigers? It's the same type of thing. You don't, you need two of those words. You don't need all In three. In the case of the Sound Tigers, you don't need one you of them. You know what words. the best name is? Go ahead. Do you know what the best na- tag team name is? The New Age Outlaws, because it perfectly explains who they are. And this perfectly explains who the fuck the, the violence miracle connection are. It should have been called Tired Guy, Fat Guy. Oh, no, yeah. It should have yeah, it should have been called... Uh, not Steve Williams is not fat, by any cheese. Okay, Brickman, Tired yeah, Guy. It should have been called I Should Be Playing Football and Booze Hound. It's, yeah, exactly. It's just kind of like... I'm just saying, it probably sounds really cool in Japanese, but when you translate it, it just sounds like you just mushed a bunch of words together. But that's the whole thing about like how I think this expedites Japan does him dying because he has so he gets so much money, he and he doesn't have to spend any of it, and they're directly linked to the yakuza. So it's like in in uh, in, in obviously in North American wrestling, it's like here's fifteen thousand dollars. Let's say I mean that's obviously super high, but here's fifteen thousand dollars. Drive yourself to the next show. Put yourself up at the next. Uh, here's the ho- number, ho- the hotel to call. But like, n- you have to put yourself up. It's cheap, but you have to put yourself up. You have to pay for your own gas. Versus Japan, where it's like, here's fifteen thousand dollars, and the guy who's gonna drive you, and the guy who's gonna pay for your meal, and the guy to get drugs off of. Everything else is free. You just keep that fifteen thousand. What you're saying. That's why people liked it so what much. What you're saying is, is that. Terry Gordon made 15 grand throwing a clothesline and doing cocaine off a, ca- a katana sword? Pretty much, but no, like, obviously, the the style of wrestling in Japan was way more intense. Like, the classic thing I always heard of um, when I was just a little nerd was um, watch Hulk Hogan matches from Japan because it's like he has to actually bump versus... Uh, in obviously in America where it's like he pushed a guy over that's the end of the goddamn match because I have seven more shows today but in Japan he's a huge star as well but he's also wrestling like 30 minute matches but taking power bombs and all this crazy yeah, shit like being a hot bitch and being a hot tasty bitch what's the thing that changes Terry Gordy's life John uh, 
uh, uh, crack. He overdoses on uh, pain pills and goes into a coma. And when he comes out of the coma, you better believe he's got some brain damage. Of course he does. After that, his career is never the same. We will talk about that career after the break. I've been, uh, I've been, sl- I've been putting a cup on my skin mound where my dick is, so it actually makes my cock bigger. That's the start of this ad. Oh, Please go to Patreon.com/wrestlerreview <laughs> and donate, <laughs> and donate to us. Five dollars gets you exclusive access to our Patreon feed and episodes ahead of time. For twenty-five bucks, you can select a wrestler to review. One guy did Buck Zumoff, who's a pedophile rapist, and we still reviewed him. God damn it, we have no allegiances. Go to Patreon to hear the Buck Zumoff episode, also known as the time where two friends are pushed to the fucking edge. <laughs> yo, 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 yo. Patreon.com backslash rest review or rate us on iTunes. Subscribe. Throw yourself out a fucking window. Who gives a shit? Ooh, it's Terry Gordy in the post-brain injury time. You know what that means? He Yay. is really unprofessional. Wait a minute, John. What do you think after happens after a man has a coma and everyone knows he has brain damage? What do you think he does? Goes to ECW, baby. <laughs> uh, no, he basically everyone realizes, oh, shit, this guy's not the same. Like, this guy... Um, well, apparently everyone realized it but Michael Hayes, who continually pushed him towards the WWF uh, higher-ups as soon as he got there and did things like... All right, what we do when we do a fucking Freebirds reunion, we both be the Undertaker, we're the joint champion. All right. Yeah, that's the that's a bad one. <laughs> I don't like that. He, um, of course, uh, he's in WCW in the Miracle Violence Connection, and that seemed like the next phase of his career. Yeah. Um, but then, of yes. course, in 1993, that's when he um, has the uh, get slips into the coma and suffers the brain damage. And he really was at his peak and probably would have been at his peak for another... Because uh, uh, he retired uh, at 38, and he easily probably could have been a very good wrestler uh, and still was very young for pro wrestling. Like, keep in mind, Brock Lesnar is what, like 43, 44 now? Like, this is the weird thing about wrestling and why I think wrestling is super cool is because your athletic prime is essentially from 18 till 27. Um, but the thing is, you look like a baby boy during those times. Like, you look not intimidating at all. Everyone... Your, our perception of what is intimidating is like a man with wisdom, um, but in reality, any dad would just get beat up by a guy who looks like a child who's 17 because you just have so, your reflexes are so much better and they start falling off a cliff so badly at 30. That's the exact same reason why, if you look, this sounds weird, but if you look at uh, video games um, as a profession, you cannot be a professional video game player past 25. It's also why, and this and this is a weird thing actually, it's also why Terry Gordy gave himself brain damage, is he misunderstood, he misread a oh, really. Te- he misread a medical textbook and thought that it would help. <laughs> yeah, because he can't read. He just said, okay, coma. I'll give myself one of those. Yeah, yeah that sounds like Soma. I like Soma's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he said uh, he read of pain meds. They weren't Soma's he was taking. He misread them. He thought it said... Uh, don't take more than 10, you'll slip into a coma. And he thought if you take 10, then it's a soma. Yeah, yeah. He also, by the way, uh, uh, famously uh, got kicked out of a hospital for demanding a prescription for Ryan Coke. <laughs> you can use that. Go ahead. I think I will. I have a cousin named Ryan Coke. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. Why are you fucking lying, man? My cousin Carrie named his son's first one's name is Luke, second one's name is Ryan, middle name for Luke is Warm, and uh, and uh, second name is, no, sorry, it's not Ryan Coke, it's Ryan Water, because that's his favorite drink, Luke Warm Ryan Water. I mean, I don't believe that at all. I don't know, man. 
I'll uh, I'll get them to show up, and then they'll probably beat the shit out of both of us for asking many questions. Yeah, dear <laughs> goddamn fucking, bi- you know, and ask questions I does in the city. They're the type of guys who uh, have driven a tractor more than a car. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're the because ca- there's no rules about driving a tractor drunk. Are they the type of Canadians just, that just yell the name of their their small town when they get drunk? No, they're just nice men. They get drunk and then they excuse themselves. They say something they think and they're like, I've had too much. I like that. I like that. I'll, t- I'll tell you what I'd do with taxes. Pardon me. It's the weird thing about how Canada is exactly the United States and Great Britain, where you'll get drunk and rowdy, but as soon as you say something about politics, it is time to go to sleep, because that is not gentlemanly. Although I did just light that shed on fire. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the weird thing of, like, you literally could... Fire big, that's fine. I said something... I forgot your wife's middle name. I'll never live it down. Yeah. Uh, It's not a big deal that I just drove drunk into a school because it was closed, but unfortunately, when I got out of the car, I was disrespectful to a stranger's wife. So, time to go. (laughs) I finally hit rock bottom, baby! I will never forget when I was in England and I saw a very rich couple and uh, they would had too much to drink and the man's wife tripped over her feet and like fell and she hit her elbow pretty hard. So I went to help her up and he apologized to me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, just help your fucking wife up. No, he did the right thing. No. She needs to learn. I'm sorry a man had to... S- you made a man feel uncomfortable today, honey. <laughs> I'm sorry you had to... I'm sorry, sir. Your day was besmirched by this hole I'm with. Now, go ahead. Uh. Ooh, yeah. So they're... I mean, Gordy and Williams were in WCW in 1992. This is the great little period where uh, they have a cool working relationship with uh, Japanese pro wrestling and in all Japan, sorry, because uh, New Japan, of course, has the working relationship with the WWF, which they don't talk about very much. They never used. Like, they got... They had, like... Kabuki and Kintao, and that was it. And then I assumed that they would call and be like, so when are you going to bring the WWF talent? And then we just have to put up with Vince McMahon asking about his laundry. No, here's what would happen. Like, for sure, here's what exactly what would happen. They would charge a big fee for Hulk Hogan once a year, and Vince would take 20 to 25% of that booking fee, and it was a no-stress bit of, bit of a payday. Yeah, that sounds probably way less. Ac- I guarantee it was a lot more angry and mean. Oh, was angry and mean? Yeah, I guarantee you. I don't like them. He kept just calling them, like, he just kept asking them what it was like when the bomb hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, go into Mr. Fuji's. He just calls them all Mr. Yeah, Fuji. He keeps thinking yeah, he keeps yelling Fuji to the Stooge whenever he's at the airport. <laughs> I don't need, I already have a Mr. Fuji. I don't need a big Mr. Fuji or a girl Mr. Fuji. Yeah, keeps calling. That was Gail Kim's first name. Was girl Mr. Yeah, yeah, Fuji? Yeah, yeah, he still does it. That's why she was fired. Is that she finally went? My name is Gail, and he went. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Fuji got boobs. Mr. Fuji's supposed to reflect kayfabe. Get out of here. We mentioned it before in the previous week's episode, but the story of him, Vince McMahon, finding out that people watched Asian porn and how delighted he was <laughs> is very funny. Yeah, Vince McMahon, by the way, Asian porn to Vince McMahon is just the bomb being dropped on Hiroshima. Ha 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 And also, how funny it is that it's totally fine that the writers were like, why'd you hire this women's wrestler? It is not because she's actually a really good hand and we need someone for Trish Stratus to wrestle for 10 minutes every Monday. It's because she's Asian and people jack off to her. Yeah, welcome to wrestling. Welcome to the nightmare that is wrestling. Just how many do you think they've ever had a woman on the writing staff except for Stephanie McMahon? No, absolutely not. I would love to see the list of writers and see if you combined the uh, people of color and women together, if you would have the size of one of the writing staffs ever. I guarantee not. I guarantee that entire list is five people, two of which are Vince (laughs) Vince McMahon on Halloween dressed up as uh, Aunt Jemima from the Pancake Box. (laughs) (laughs) Right? All right. So this is the sad part of Terry Gordy's career, which we're all very excited about. John? John? Man has permanent brain damage. Mm -hmm. He's already in WCW in the early 90s, so you can definitely tell. (laughs) Next year, everyone realizes he has permanent brain damage. Is it like one of those things where... 
uh, the wrestling community bands together and takes care of this man who they all treasure. Absolutely not. Or does he wrestle in IWA Japan's King of the Death matches because he can't really have a match anymore? Of course. So let's just stab the fatty. Yeah, he fucking goes and gets stabbed with a sword in Japan and earns money for his goddamn family. Because I'm a goddamn... God damn it. He's an adult. That's what a man does. Newsflash, pussy. You took 10 points off an IQ that was already low. Yeah, he took 10 points off an IQ that didn't even get... Didn't even go past grade eight. Yep. This guy, like... Now he has brain damage and he can't read. Hey, how about we uh, get Terry Funk to stab him? Yeah, let's get Tiger Jeet Singh in here and to stab this fucking tub of shit in the face. Welcome to uh, death matches in Japan. (laughs) Nobody's pleased. Tiger Jeet Singh showing up in just like business attire because he doesn't take any bumps because he has that kind of relationship. And just like... Not even theatrically, just poisoning Terry Gordy so he has so he goes to a coma again. Tiger Jeet Singh is something that getting you, my heat back. That is a weirdly very Toronto kind of person, which is someone who is not essentially his gimmick is guy who lives in Toronto who is not from Canada, but came and has a crazy successful business and is now just kind of an asshole. Tiger Jeet Singh. Yeah, Tiger Jeet like it's one of those things where Toronto always like. Every Toronto, especially, there's like four businesses I'm thinking of, including there was this chain of Portuguese restaurants, and the owner would just be in there in an unnecessarily expensive suit, just yelling about saving money. Like he would, just, like he had all the gold rings, and he was just like, "Don't use those that many eggs. That's too many eggs." And you're just like, "I just ordered the eggs. Use all the eggs, you fucks." Yeah, it's called being an entrepreneur, John. Tiger Alley Singh has one of the best stories. I've ever heard where he's on Opie and Anthony. Did we talk about this before? No, sir. You ever heard the story where he's on Opie and Anthony? Absolutely. Triple not. H is on Opie and Anthony, and Patrice O'Neill is talking about when he used to wrestle, uh, when he used to write for them. And then he talks about the time Vince McMahon walked up to Ty- uh, Tiger Alley Singh, came into his office, and said, I don't want to wear this. It's disrespectful and racist. And Vince McMahon said, Shut the fuck up and put on the fucking turban. And then. Uh, Triple H said, no, it didn't happen like that. And Patrice O'Neill's laughing and going, yes, it did. I was there. It happened totally like that. Shut the fuck up and put on the fucking turban. Of course it happened like that. Patrice O'Neill is is on Vince McMahon's side, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, you would think that he's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> he's being All- like, no, man, you signed up for it. Of course. God damn. Alt-right Jesus, Patrice O'Neill, of course he was on Vince McMahon's side. Oh, he was all trade. He would have been so big and so hated if he was still alive. Oh if you want to look God. up, it's a very good comedy special, but look up Elephant in the Room and watch it in 2019. It was like the last breath of being able to say that type of stuff and people just being like, all right, I guess that guy's a weird, uh, he's got issues with women. Anyway, I think I'm going to have French toast. And that's not that bad compared to what he would just say on the radio, including uh, a woman can't be, what is it? Um... A woman doesn't have the success the same way a man has success. Like, even if a woman's wearing a diamond hat, I'm still more successful. It gets so crazy. It's one of those guys where it's like, oh, you're a men's rights activist in a way that doesn't even make fucking sense. Yeah, you just, just no matter what you do as a woman, you're still a woman, and that sucks. Yeah, that's bad for you. Women are bad. I am. (laughs) Sick, sick, sick. That's how I think. That's how I think I am cool. You are not. For example, um, Patrice O'Neill's quote-unquote protege, Dante Nero, has a Proud Boy tattoo on his neck. Welcome to hell. Welcome to Jamrock, baby. So, he's getting stabbed. Then he has a short run, Terry Gordy does, in ECW. Yes, he, he has a short he run. He the internationally recognized number one contender. Um, yep, to Raven's title. He loses to Raven. He has some tag matches. He wins with Tommy Dreamer. And the Miracle Violence Connection, and a pretty cool thing, reforms and loses to the Eliminators. This is something, by the way, that... And ECW is smart like ECW that. ECW would do the best, which was you'd bring in these old guys, and they'd sort of put over the new guys, but they would win and lose and win and lose and win and lose. Like, they would... Go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And also he wrestled against Bam Bam Bigelow in the second ever Battle of the Bam Bams. Um, the first one was at a Windy City wrestling show and I assume ended when both of them left to get their complimentary dinner. 
<laughs> the match will restart when they've uh, finished the continental breakfast. Yeah. There was some left over. They were going to throw it out, and both men uh, they were about to throw out some scrambled eggs, and now the men are eating what I would guess is four pounds of scrambled eggs each. Hello, fans. <laughs> Please remain in your seats. Terry Gordy just ordered a Cobb salad. A Cobb salad. <laughs> I think it was really cool the way ECW did that, and I really liked how they would bring people in, and they would win a couple matches, and then lose, and then that's done yeah. now. Like, it's exactly how they did it in territories. You win for a month, then you lose. He lost too much. He's he's goodbye. But I don't like that about wrestling full stop, is what they'll do is they'll bring a guy in, they'll have him lose, and then he's gone, and they never explain do you know what I mean? Like, of course. I think Raven was talking about this before, where it's like, wrestling, you need to figure out a way to kill people off, where it's like, oh, his neck's broken, just something. Just something so that, just something so that there's a reason he's off television, like Rob Van Dam for years was off when he got a concussed by Randy Orton, and it was like, but that's why he was off, he was just heavily concussed. And then you have... A, Oh, and then just uh, it, on the next show, you can have a throwaway line like Rob Van Dam's gone because he had a terrible concussion. Yeah. And then because the, that's how they do it in sports. Like also, years later, in sports, only six months later, they have like a press conference where it's like this guy's retiring because he's fucked. Yeah. It's also one of those things where you can also use the thing that may or may not have put him out being like it could have been a move like that that ended this guy's career, which subconsciously puts in your mind, oh, that guy's not around right now. But they don't ever do that because that would be good. Yeah. And wrestling isn't about being good anymore, Dylan. And that's what brings us to the last thing Terry Gordy did. His brief run, the WWF. Yep. Fuck. This is, I think, the last worst gimmick of the 90s, is the Executioner. This is the last of the job gimmicks. He teamed up with Mankind and Paul Bearer in a feud with The Undertaker. Essentially, came out... Didn't he come out of the hole? Or... Yeah, he came out of the hole at the Buried Alive match and interfered with The Undertaker's Buried Alive with Mankind, hitting him in the head with a shovel and burying him with several other of the heel wrestlers. And then at um, WrestleMania 12, It's Time, uh, under or not WrestleMania 12, In Your House 12, pardon me, The Undertaker defeated The Executioner in a Armageddon Rules match and Terry Gordy left the promotion quickly thereafter because everyone was like this guy's so fucking yep couldn't use him anymore and he would also come to the ring with this giant like executioner's blade don't know what it's called but you should look it up which and it never works when a wrestler comes to the ring a heel does and he has like a gun but he just doesn't use the gun and you're just thinking the whole time if this guy was really mean he just fucking killed this guy but he just the asiatic spike was enough um yeah, no, it's exactly one of those things, but wel welcome also to fucking um, the weirdest. I just don't understand why they gave him this gimmick. Because they didn't want to bring him in as Terry Gordy, and Vince Vince wanted to cover him up because he has a belly. And, and, and. Like, he's not a Vince McMahon guy. Like, he's he's pretty big. Yeah, he's... A but he's out of shape, kind of, and he's like country strong, yeah, which if you're in the South, people understand that, but he's in the North and people want hot bodies. You shut the fuck up and listen to me. It's more particularly about the executioner gimmick. I just don't understand why you went like that with that gimmick in that there were other ways of doing it that would have protected him. Like put him like, obviously you don't need to make him Terry Gordy, but just like he's the executioner and he's going to execute you is like, no, that's not going to happen. No, doesn't work. Yeah, it's it, it's one of those gimmicks that takes four seconds. <laughs> it took four seconds for them to come up with it. And it was an executioner fine because they just wanted it, it. It was apparently a favor to Michael Hayes and it was also Jim Cornette when Smoky Mountain finally folded. He had a meeting with Vince is what Jim Cornette says, and then he pitched all these guys, like the dirty white boy, like Tracy Smothers, like Terry Gordy, but then Vince just gave them really bad gimmicks. Like, Tracy Smothers became Freddie Joe Floyd. Just to make just to make fun of Dar Gerald Briscoe, too, which is the best thing in the world. Just to make fun of Gerald Briscoe. That's, I, that's fun stuff. Welcome to wrestling. You all suck piss. It's kind of like you have a garage sale because you need some money, and then a guy's like, yeah, I'll buy some of your stuff here. And then you're like, oh, thanks, man. I do need the money. And then they buy like something that it really meant a lot to you, and then they just break it in front of you. <laughs> 
Did you ever see that Letterman stuff? The thing where you go to garage sales and, and buy stuff that clearly meant a lot to people and then just run it over with a steamroller? No, them? but I, I've got like a new like uh, a new um, uh, a new insight into the evil that is Dylan Gott. Very funny. Your dreams are bad. Ah, ha, 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 ha. He steamrolled. Uh, he steamrolled this uh, dollhouse. This uh, girl had had. It uh, was. It was good stuff. She was very upset. Anyway, uh, John, what's your favorite thing about Terry Gordy? Um, the Freebird Run. It's so much fun. He's a. It, it's, yeah, of course. He's the best time. Uh, I think it's probably the Miracle Violence Connection. Although I don't like the name, I think it was a really cool power tag team because usually power tag teams are under this moniker, which is the Road Warriors model, which is here's the same guy twice, but this one was great because it was uh, one guy is a collegiate wrestler and one guy is just going to kick your fucking cock back into your pussy hole. And it was uh, great. And they were both great workers at the time. They both had completely different styles uh as far as working and yeah it just kind of like people who wouldn't mesh together but do really well it's really cool he had a great career he had a great career and obviously the worst thing happened to him is he died at 40 and the uh, coma that gave him uh, brain damage this is a cool disagree. both those things were really fun for me i enjoyed them <laughs> probably the worst thing actually about him was probably that he got into wrestling at 13 actually the fact that you have a 26-year career, <laughs> sorry, 25-year career, retire at 38, shouldn't be a thing. Yeah, I was going to bring up the fact, yeah, he worked He worked as long as Dylan's granddad did at some sort of weird factory with a coiled smoke ring, and he died at 40, looking like he died at 70. Yeah, no one should uh, do that much uh, drugs. I, uh, no, I disagree again, man. He's fucking good at drugs, man. That's actually sick. So next week, we're going to talk about Buddy Roberts, Jack Roberts. Buddy, Jack Roberts, the Jack stands for Jack Daniels, and I wish I made that up. Ooh, baby. Prone to violence and sad. Let's talk Freebirds, baby. So next week, we're back with uh, Buddy Jack Roberts, and then, uh, actually, I've just been making up this dude's name the entire time, I'll be honest. (laughs) Buddy Jack Joe Roberts. Buddy Jim Jam <laughs> Maga Roberts. Next week on Wrestler Piss. <laughs> Wrestling on uh, Jizz Time or whatever. Welcome everyone to Hobson didn't have time to research this episode, so we did it ourselves and the facts are lacking. My name's Dylan God and I am a pedophile. Ooh, my name is John Hastings and I believe they all belong in jail. Who are they? Whoever you like. Thanks very much for listening. Join us on Twitter at Wrestler Review. Instagram, at Wrestler Review, Facebook, the Wrestler Review Podcast, and donate to us on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Wrestler Review, patreon.com backslash Wrestler Review. For all the fun stuff, we have uh, Grizzly Smith up for download right now, although that was a while ago, so hopefully by this recording, we have our episode on the Iron Sheik. We did a Twitter poll, and we'll be talking about the Iron Sheik because we're not talking about people who are pedophiles anymore. Because Grizzly Sith really bombed us yeah, out. Yeah, and it's also, and I gotta say, this is a good thing for wrestling. Uh, we're running out of real big creeps. Also, Dylan, fun story for you after the podcast involving everyone's favorite idiot, Graham uh, Graham K. Oh, we're not running out of creeps. I just didn't want to do Rob Feinstein. <laughs> I didn't want to do any of the guys who had the pedophile rings. <laughs> pedophiles, fine, but not not organizing. Yeah, it. as Dylan always, he doesn't. Dylan doesn't want to talk about organized pedophiles because people would be like, "Why are you why are you saying all of these words smiling, Dylan?" And he's like, "No reason. I don't like them." Yeah, we should do a videotaped version of videotaped. We should do a live streaming version of this, like the Joe Rogan podcast, but we'd, be, we'd both be naked, covered in oil. Yeah, no, I don't agree to that. Just hard inside. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. You are the bestest people in the world. Tell everybody we're good, and then when they don't like it, say, what's your fucking problem, and then jack off. Goodbye. Everybody kiss me.